This shit a motherfucking layup. I been Steph Curry with the shot. Been cooking with the sauce. Chef Curry with the pot, boy. Live from the 301. Live from the pot. I want to welcome my audience to episode number 50. Wow, 50. Wow, man. Uh, since we're on episode 50, I just want to thank everybody for tuning in, you know, throughout all of my episodes. Honestly, just thank you guys for the support. It's been really big. It's been major. Wow. We got to you know, 50 episodes pretty quick in about a little over a year's time. So that's not bad. But before I get into today's episode, I want to thank everybody for listening. Thank you for everybody who listened to last week's episode featuring Jarris Lyles, UMBC Star Guard. And I just want to thank everybody for the big time support you guys showed on that. I had over 140 plays on SoundCloud. It was really big. It was really huge. Shout out to Jarris Lyles again for being on the show, letting me do the interview. Really appreciate that. But today is going to be a little different. And it's been a while since we did this, but we got some questions. We got some mailbag questions. I got a lot, but we're going to get through them pretty quick. But sitting to the left of me is a big pivotal influence on why I love sports so much. And I've been wanting to get him on for a minute, but everybody say hello to my dad. Welcome my dad, Mike Curry, to the show. Dad, what's up, man? Hey, this is Mike Curry. How y'all doing? I, I want to thank y'all for listening and supporting my son on number 50. Okay, th- I want to thank everybody for supporting him because this is something that was really on his heart that he really wanted to do. I just want to just thanks again for all your support and all the people who are listening. All right, so thank thanks for that, Dad. Thanks for that nice little... Sweet moment, I guess. A sentimental moment. But we got some questions. Uh, before I get into the questions, we're going to go over the awards and, you know, who we think should have won certain awards. So, first, we got MVP. I think it's pretty unanimous. Going to go with James Harden. What about you, Dad? Yeah, James Harden. So, we got James Harden, uh, Coach of the Year. What you thinking? The Coach of the Year, I think it should go to the... Uh... The Utah Jazz coach. He, Quinn he, Snyder? Quinn Snyder's done a, a spectacular job. After they traded Gordon Haywood. Or after Gordon Haywood left. And George Hill. And Rodney Hood as well. And Rodney Hood. Three starters. And he still was able to finish fourth in the conference, I believe. Fourth or fifth. It's fifth in the conference. Yeah, it's fifth. But, yeah, it's pretty, pretty spectacular. Uh, and also to do that with the rookie, Donovan Mitchell, who many think should be rookie of the year. He's the first rookie since Carmelo Anthony to lead a playoff team and scoring. So yeah, like we said, Quinn Snyder has done an exceptional job. Also, in consideration, I think is I think you can give a lot of coaches consideration this year. You had the Raptors being the one seed in the East, the first time they've ever done that. Dwayne Casey could win coach there. You can make an argument for that. You could also make an argument for Brad Stevens. He's been getting those guys to play well, even through all the injuries. Kyrie Irving, obviously, Gordon Hayward in the very beginning, obviously. Marcus Smart went down. Marcus Morris missed a few games. It's, it's been a lot. They've suff- they su- suffered a lot of injuries, but they've been able to sustain a good record, winning 55 games. Also, Philadelphia, Brett Brown, I think I think he'll win it. And, of course, you know, you can also consider Mike D'Antoni because the Houston Rockets had the best record in the NBA with 65 wins. So, my dad goes with Quinn Snyder. I think it's going to be Brett Brown, but... Like I said, a few other coaches could win. Dwayne Casey, Mike D'Antoni, Brad Stevens, other names. But 
Quinn Snyder, man. That's a really real good dark horse candidate. It could be neck and neck. The Philly coach, he's done a spectacular job, too. Winning 15 or 16 in a row to go into the playoffs. Yeah, that, that that's huge. That's That could be, well, you know. A young squad. Could be, you know, without Joel Embiid for a lot of those games, too. So, th- that could be, you know, maybe the final touch for Brett Brown to win the award. But I'm sure that's not. Sure, that's not what he really wants to ultimately accomplish. But moving right along, we got most improved player. I'm going with Victor Oladipo. I'm going Victor Oladipo. He averaged 23 points this year, up from 17 a year ago when he was in Oklahoma City. And he had really a team who a lot of people thought got killed in the trade with Paul George going to OKC and him going to Indiana. But... The true fans know, the true people from the DMV know, Indiana is Victor Oladipo's second home. He thrived in his first year in Indiana, making his first All-Star appearance and getting Indiana to the playoffs. They are currently the fifth seed in out East, and they won 48 games this year. So I think Victor Oladipo should win it. What about you? I think Victor Oladipo, I watched this kid play in high school, and I had no idea he was going to be an NBA All-Star. I thought he was going to be a, a good Role play off the bench, but he has really came into his own with Indiana. No doubt, no doubt. So, next award, six man of the year. I'm going to have to go with Lou Williams. Not a lot of people really jumped out to me in this particular, this particular award. I say Lou Williams, he did an exceptional job. Almost helped get the Clippers back into the playoffs. I'm going to go with him. Eric Gordon's been a consistent guy. Kyle Kuzma was really good off the bench when he played the role of coming off the bench, but he started some games. I'm going with Lou Williams. What about you? I'm going to go with Eric Gordon since Houston had the the best record in the NBA. I'll go with him. Okay, fair enough. Defensive player of the year. I was just talking to my boy Zeke about this. I think Joel Embiid. I'll say Joel Embiid or Anthony Davis. I'll say one of those two guys. I'm going to go with Anthony Davis. Go with the brow. All right, so we covered all the awards. We're going to get right into these mailbag questions. Question number one is, will the Raptors live up to being first-round favorites? Dad, what you think? They're going to be the favorites, but I don't think they're going to beat the Wizards for real. Because <laughs> the Raptors, are, they are not a playoff team. They're a regular season team. So they, they're favorites to win the Wizards, but I wouldn't be surprised if the Wizards win this series. I think the Wizards could get them in six games. I tell you what, man. Let's not forget a few short years ago, the Raptors were swept by the Wizards. You remember that? They were swept by the Wizards. I just don't know. I think DeRozan will show up in the playoffs. I don't, I don't think Kyle Lowry will. I, don't, I just don't think Kyle Lowry's that good. He's, in my opinion, one of the most overrated players in all of basketball. I think the Wizards will ultimately win the series in six games, but a few matchups are going to be really key for them to win. And I think it's going to come down to Otto Porter and Kelly Oubre. We know Kelly Oubre can defend, but will he make his shots? Otto Porter, will he hit shots? I think John Wall is going to be just fine. He's... Had 50 assists in the last four games that he's played. That's 12 and a half, ladies and gentlemen. A lot of people want to say he's ball dominant, but he is an all-star. He's one of the best players in the league, one of the best point guards. I don't know if the Raptors can live up to this. This time around, will it be different? I don't know. Moving right along, we got how long can Golden State go without Steph in the lineup? Dad, what you think? 
Well, I think they can get by in this first series, but after that, it's going to be tough without Steph because he is really the leader, quietly. Yeah, he's the he's the quiet leader. We know Draymond is the loud leader, the rah rah leader, but Steph is definitely a quiet leader, at least by example. He opens the floor up for every player on that team. He spaces the floor for they can get open shots. And they're going to really need him back in the second round. I think they'll get by the Spurs. Next question. Next question is, does the East still go through Cleveland? To be honest, I forgot who asked me this question, but that, that question is asinine. Listen, LeBron James has been going to the finals every year since 2000 and what, 10, 11, 11. Every year since 2011, first year on the Heat when they went against the Mavericks. The East will go always go through LeBron James for as long as he's there, I believe. The Sixers are on the come up. Everybody wants to talk about them. But the East will always go through LeBron because he's been through he's been to the finals every year since 2011. So how could it not go through a team that he's on? I just I just don't see nobody in the Eastern Conference beating LeBron James four out of seven games. Philly, they still got they got a good team, but I think it's gonna take another year or two for them. But no, Toronto will not beat them. Boston will not beat LeBron James four out of seven. No one in the East. Well, you heard the man. Nobody in the East is gonna beat that man. Moving right along, we got. What are your picks for the NBA Finals? I ultimately believe it's still going to be Cleveland, Golden State. You know, barring, you know, injuries, obviously, because we don't know what the hef- what the health of Steph Curry will be. I-, I believe he will come back and he will be himself, but we don't know. But barring any injuries, I say Cleveland, Golden State, part four. Yeah, if Steph comes back in the next round, it's going to be Golden State and Cleveland again. I just don't see Houston beating Golden State four out of seven. I think the Houston-Golden State series will be an entertaining six-game series. I also had another question that says, who do I think uh, will be in the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals? So we have – well, I we basically pretty much just said it. We just mentioned the four teams that could be in contention. So I got Houston, Golden State in the West, and I got Philly and Cleveland in the East. I'm sure my dad has the same. Moving right along. I was actually saving this question. I know people probably wonder why I didn't say Rookie of the Year, but it really only comes down to two guys. I got a question here that says Rookie of the Year. Simmons or Mitchell? Ben Simmons or Donovan Mitchell? I honestly think they have to do co-rookie of the year this year. I know it's been a long time since they've done that. I believe the last time it was Grant Hill and Jason Kidd to get co-rookie of the year. I think they have to do it. Donovan Mitchell has been spectacular, leading a team who I I wrote off when I did the NBA preview NBA season preview I wrote them off back in November I said no way October November I said no way that Utah is going to make the playoffs but Quinn Snyder had them playing well Rudy Gobert missed some time but Donovan Mitchell has really been the story a guy that got drafted number 13th overall at Louisville it's been the story averaging 20 points per game like I said he first rookie since Carmelo Anthony to lead a team 
to the playoffs as a rookie and lead them in scoring. So I think that's impressive. And Ben Simmons, who has been nothing short of spectacular. I know Donovan Mitchell doesn't think he's a rookie, but he didn't play last year. So therefore, he's a rookie. I do think that him being around the NBA for an entire year, seeing how NBA players train, get their getting their bodies right, just being around the NBA. If you think that didn't help, you're kidding yourself. But many of us knew Ben Simmons was going to be a star when he came out of LSU for one year. They have to do co-rookie of the year. The guys are walking triple-double. He's probably going to be the next Magic Johnson. They have to do co-rookie of the year. Dad, what you think? I think it's going to be Ben Simmons because Philly has won 16 in a row. And this man is a walking triple-double. So I think he'll get it. I think Ben Simmons will get it too. I just really think they should do co-rookie of the year because both guys have been spectacular. And this rookie class has been good as a whole. Don't forget about Jason Tatum and Kyle Kuzma as well. This has been a really good rookie class. Got another question. This is about the Rockets. It's how will James Harden perform this time around? Will he perform this? Will he perform well this time around? We know James Harden has been prone to choking in the playoffs. We remember he had like 13 turnovers in the conference finals not too long ago. Will he perform well this time around? It's kind of tough to say. I think I think he will, though. I mean, this time he has CP3. CP3 has his back, even though CP3 is choked in the playoffs before, too. But I think I think he'll perform well. I don't. I just don't think they'll beat Golden State. Though. I don't think they'll beat a healthy Golden State team. But as far as getting to the conference finals, they'll, they'll, they'll definitely do that. I think he's going he gonna to perform better than he did last year because he has CP3 playing with him, so... They're not going to get past Golden State, so. Yeah, they're not. So, I have another question. How far will Philly go? Like I said earlier, I think they'll go Eastern Conference Finals. Next question, which is a question I thought was really good, but also really interesting. The question reads, why is getting a triple-double the standard for good basketball nowadays? I mean, I don't think it's necessarily the standard for good basketball. I think, well, it's not the only one, obviously, but. I just don't triple double. It isn't easy to do. I mean, Russell Westbrook does it obviously, you know, very consistently because he's there's only been only been three occurrences where a triple double has been averaged for an entire year. And he did it twice, two times in a row. But I don't think it's the standard for good basketball. I just think that because before, you know, two years ago, two, three years ago, who was really talking about, you know, triple doubles, but now that Russell Westbrook is doing it, I mean, granted, I think it's a little flawed because teammates are getting out of the way, but I mean, triple double isn't easy. You know, you're playing at all phases of the game. You can get a triple double with blocks. Anthony Davis did it. So, I mean, it depends on, it depends on who you ask and how you look at it, honestly. So... My dad has no comments on that one, so we're going to keep it moving. We're going to... I got a few questions that were asked specifically for you. I got a few questions for you, but you had something to say about the triple-doubles? The triple-double, back back when Magic and Bird was doing triple-doubles, it was a hard feat to do. And then they wasn't padding stats. Like Westbrook, is, it seemed like he's padding stats. The teammates move out of his way for rebounds. Man, they... Magic and Bird, they didn't think like that. It was just it when 
when Magical Bird got a triple-double, it was like, wow. And he was just playing basketball, right? He right. wasn't thinking about it. He was just trying to win, honestly. He was trying to win and play basketball. People was like, wow, he had a number. He had a triple-double. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that, that's what he has to say about it. I mean, he's seen a lot of basketball, honestly. Um, I mean, th th that's what it is. So, we do have a few questions. This is like a three-part question that was asked specifically for you. So, the first question reads, Growing up watching the Showtime Lakers, do you believe they were better than the Kobe and Shaq Laker teams? Yes, I, I, I believe they were better than the Kobe and shit. It, it, it was close, but I, I'll take I'll take Magic and Jabal. I, 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 that's a tough question. That's a tough. That's a really tough question. But I think the Showtime Lakers was a little was a little better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Not only did you have Magic and Kareem, you had James Worthy, Byron Scott. You had a number of guys. What's yeah, Michael they, Cooper? Right, the, the Showtime Lakers had a better bench back then, and Matt, like, were were they, they they had they created it was more matchup problems than than the Kobe Shaq team. They had Worthy, Michael Cooper was a defensive whiz. Magic is, is a is a mismatch problem. By him being a 6'9 point guard, and Jabbar had a shot that was unstoppable. Mm -hmm. So I guess you would see, you know, two pretty much unstoppable forces going against each other. You know, Shaq and Kareem. So the next question is, who was a better guard? I guess this pretty much answers what you were saying. But who was a better guard-center combo, Kobe and Shaq or Magic and Kareem? That's a tough one, too. Because Kobe and Shaq, they won three out of five. They three-peated as well. They won three out of five. But back when Magic, in my opinion, back when Magic and Kareem played, the league was had better teams back then. Any examples? Back when the, <clears throat> the Showtime Lakers was playing, they, all, they played against the Boston Celtics, who had Bird, McHale, and Paris. That was a tough matchup. I think the Boston Celtics of that era would have dominated the East of, 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 of Kobe and Shaq. They would have dominated the East, and it would have been a tougher matchup for Kobe and Shaq. Yeah, as you do remember when the Lakers got to the finals, you know, remember that year they went 15-1? and They had Iverson, but who did Iverson have? Oh, Washington Matumbo? And, you know... I mean, they did. The, the Lakers did get through. They had, they had to go through the Spurs and Sacramento. But I mean, in the finals, they didn't really have no, no really tough, tough opponents. The like I said, the Sixers, the Nets. It's almost like it was easy. But let me move right along. All right. So this next question I wanted to ask. I don't know if I have an answer for it, but the question reads: Where's LeBron? This? When's LeBron that? No. Where is Kawhi going? Where's Kawhi Leonard gonna go? I, I don't even know because I've never seen the Spurs in a situation like this. Like they usually sign all their guys, you know, the Admiral Tim Duncan, Ginobili Parker. They usually keep everything intact. So this is like a strange situation that they are in, where Kawhi Leonard appears to be unhappy and appears that he wants to be traded. He will be a free agent in the summer of 2019. So you have to imagine the Spurs are gonna move him, but. 
what are teams going to be willing to give up if it could just be for, you know, a year rental or half a year rental? What you think? A good fit for them will be the Wizards. Oh, I like the Wizards. Boston. Boston have a lot of players, young players that they can trade for. Mm, young, attractive pieces. Um, the Lakers. But I don't think the Lakers will give up. You know any any pieces? I don't think they'll give up any pieces if they think they could sign them in the summer of 2019. I don't think so. And he's from California. <laughs> Let's not forget. So I got a few more questions regarding the playoffs. Question says: Can the Bucks capitalize on Boston's health issues? I think so. They have Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Greek freak. The the guy's a, a freak. He's a monster. But came up short the other night against Philly. But I think they will capitalize. Boston's still without Marcus Smart. I think they're still without him. Boston got a lot. This is just a bad, bad luck season, man. It really is. But they have the Greek freak. Chris Middleton is a guy that does not get a lot of love. I think he'll play well. Jabari Parker, he has something to prove. I think the Bucks will get the Celtics. I think I think the Celtics will, will go down swinging, though. I think so. I, I think we'll see that. I think the Bucks will... will... We'll get the Celtics in the first round. Just two without Kyrie, they're a totally different team. And they gotta they don't the Greek freak is a matchup problem. For anybody. So another question says, can the 2018 Thunder succeed where the 2017 Clippers failed against the Utah Jazz? Well, this is a good question, but you have to look at it in two different ways. Last year's Jazz team had Gordon Hayward, Rodney Hood. You know, it was a different team. It was a it was a completely different team, and the way I look at it is, and you got to remember in that series, Rudy Gobert he was hurt, but he came back, and Blake Griffin went down in that series for the Clippers. So, I think the Thunder can win because they have three future Hall of Famers. They have Mr. Triple Double, Russell Westbrook, Paul George, who will be a Hall of Famer, but I think he's wasting his prime at OKC. Carmelo Anthony, who is an offensive juggernaut, he's still can score in a variety and a multitude of ways. I think the Thunder will win the series because I, I just see Utah's too inexperienced, but they won't they won't go down without a fight, man. They they came this far. They won't go down. Yeah, I think the Thunder will win this series just on the experience that they had with Paul George, Westbrook, and Melo. Yeah, they have guys who have been there. Uh Steven Adams, you know, been there for a while too. So you got that. I got a question that says, can the 76ers keep up their momentum throughout the playoffs? Yes, they can. Yes, they can, especially when they get Joel Embiid back. They have the Heat in the first round. Yeah, I think that series is going to be over quick. I think it's going to be done in like five, to be honest. Yeah, I got Philly in five. Yeah, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be in like five. But um, got some NFL questions. Wait, hold on. No, before I go to the NFL I got, which players, I love this question, by the way. Which players do you think the Lakers should target in the next two free agency periods? Or who would you rather come to the Lakers? I can answer this. I can answer both questions with this. Paul George, PG-13, and LeBron, Raymond James. I don't. I think LeBron is, is a bit of a long shot because you never know what LeBron is going to do. He'll surprise you. He really will. No, who thought he was going to go back to Cleveland? I mean, 
who who thought that? Paul George, when I watch him play, he looks so disengaged, so uncomfortable playing with Russell Westbrook. He gotta be thinking about coming to the Lakers. I mean, it probably is hard to focus and stay engaged when your mind is somewhere else. We've all have had that. You sitting in the class and you're not listening to what the professor is saying. Your mind is somewhere else. You know what I'm saying? It's focused on your plans, what you're doing this weekend, stuff like that. Paul George is coming to the Lakers. If he doesn't, he's he's crazy, man. The Lakers would have won about 40 games if Lonzo Ball didn't miss 30. That's a whole other story for a whole other day. Kind of upset y'all didn't ask me any questions about the Lakers. I'm kind of upset about that. But I'm going to answer them for Do I think Lonzo Ball had a... What would I rank his rookie year? What would I grade him? I'd give him like a B-. minus Because I didn't think he was ready. As most of these guys that come to the NBA, I don't think they're ready. His strength and condition is not quite there. Is which why he missed 30 games. But he'll be all right. He changed the culture in, in L.A. already. Shout out to the Lakers front office for seeing Kyle Kuzma selecting him. And you see what happens when you stay in college for a few years. You come out a really polished project. And you come out, you know, well. You come out good. And Kyle Kuzma's a beast, man. Any comments on the Lakers that? Or they're irrelevant? I think Paul George or LeBron may come there. Who's more likely, Paul George? Paul George more likely. I think it's about a 75% chance that Paul George comes to the Lakers. I still think LeBron is a long shot because I'm hearing he could go to Philly and team up, man. You saw the picture on Instagram, him and Ben Simmons hit the Fresh Prince and the King. Would the King go team up with the Sixers? We crazier things have happened. It could happen. Hold on. Last question about the NBA. What? Watching so many legendary players in the purple and gold, who do you believe is the best Laker ever? This is for you. Kobe Bryant probably the best Laker ever, but if just based on longevity, if Magic had to had to play longer. He will be my vote, but Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. So, yeah, I, I would say so, even though I didn't see, you know, the Showtime Lakers. I didn't see those guys. But, yeah. So, we're going to move over to the NBA. I mean, the NFL. We're going to move on from the NBA over to the NFL for a couple of minutes. Got some mailback questions. Thank you for sending NFL questions. And also breaking news that happened earlier today. Des Bryant has been released by the Cowboys. I think that's the greatest thing for Cowboys fans. I don't know why Cowboys fans really upset over him because he's trash. But, you know. Um, so, I got some NFL questions. This is for the both of us. Rank the Redskins offseason move so far. Um... These are clearly aren't the Redskins of old when Vinny Serrato was in charge, you know, being the general manager and stuff like that. Bruce Allen is cheap, but I don't, I don't, I wouldn't say they, they've been particularly bad. A lot of people were bashing them for signing Orlando Skandrick, but Orlando Skandrick isn't even guaranteed to make the roster. He signed the contract and only made like a million dollars or something like that. It's not. It's not set in stone that he will be on the roster. Paul Richardson, a speedster, something they needed. They had no speed on the outside. I mean, Jameson Crowder, he's kind of fast, but he's 5'8". And, yeah, they needed they needed somebody with some pop, you know, that could take the defense over the top, stretch the field. 
And if they sign Jonathan Hankins, which they are still very well in play for, I, I would give them a B. But right now, I'll give them like a C plus. Give them like a C plus. If they hit on the draft, though, that obviously changes. I think the whole season has been average. So like they, a C. Because they trying to they trying to save money. They, they don't Redskins used to spend money on free agencies, and when they got hurt by the Hainsworth and and all other frees that they overpaid, they stopped doing that. So they trying to get, they trying to save money mm-hmm. and budget for 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 deals that may become available later on, right before training camp. Yeah, I mean you've seen the Redskins wait out a few a few guys. You know, remember the Deshaun Jackson became available. He was released unexpectedly. They got a good deal with that. The Josh Norman getting his franchise tag rescinded, and they capitalized on that. They like to wait and see, and I respect it. I really do. And they, they did good in free agency last year getting DJ Swearinger. I don't really like the McLean, the McGee, and the McLean signings, but hey, that's just me. I, I wish you guys would ask me some more questions. But the last NFL question is: Are you happy with the Alex Smith? It says signing, but. More so the trade and the signing, I guess. I'm very happy simply because the Redskins were not going to get a deal done with Kirk Cousins. They had an opportunity to get the deal done back in 2015 when Scott McLuhan was still the GM and Kirk Cousins was still the backup quarterback. They could have had a deal done and Kirk Cousins would have been making about $15 million a year. Something, something like that. Scott McLuhan wanted to do this. He wanted to lock this guy up. And the Redskins completely mishandled the leverage game. They played it wrong, way off. And Kirk Cousins set himself up. I can't hate on nobody for wanting their money. He's getting 84 million American dollars guaranteed by way of the Minnesota Vikings. But the Redskins are never going to get a big deal done. They just weren't sold on him. I think the defining moment is when you remember the last game of the regular season in Week 17. Uh, last season, not the season that just passed, but last season against the Giants, when Kirk Cousins threw that ill-advised pass and it was interception, they said, oh, well, we're not going to sign this guy. We're not going to sign him. He's not a part of the plans. So am I happy with the Alex Smith? Yes, Alex Smith is going to make $23.5 million annually on his next few years of this contract extension. And it couldn't have worked out better. You know, he's coming off a career year where he was the best deep ball thrower in football last year. He doesn't turn the ball over. The guy's solid, man. He's a professional. He's a great leader. I like it. You're not paying him a bunch of money. You're paying him $23.5 million. This guy's out here getting crazy money. I think Sam Bradford got a nice deal for one year. But, yeah, I like Alex Smith. What you think, that? Yeah, I, I definitely think Alex Smith is an upgrade. He's a, Alex Smith, he's a, he's a winner. Kirk Cousins, is, he's an average winner. And I like Alex Smith in tangibles. Mm-hmm. Over Cousins, so I, I definitely think it's an upgrade. And for you people that's been talking bad about Alex Smith, about oh, what has he done in the playoffs? People were bashing him about losing the Titans, blowing that lead, but that game changed completely when Travis Kelsey got hurt. And last time I checked, does Alex Smith play defense? <laughs> he don't play defense, so how you gonna put it all on him? And Kirk Cousins. Has never been to the player. He can't get, but one time he can't get us there. He always he, he not he don't win the big games. Doesn't win the big games. Can't even win in division. 
was one in five in the division this year. Only beat Dallas once in his career here. So, yeah. Bye-bye. But I want to wrap things up, man. I want to thank everybody for listening. This was a special episode, man. This this is, this is might be my favorite, man. Jerry Flowers was good last week. But this might be my favorite. And I know everybody heard about the Colin Kaepernick thing. Uh, he... He still wants to kneel, so the Seahawks canceled that. But I want to thank everybody for listening, man. Showing the love and support, man. I brought my dad in the studio. If you guys want him back, man, let me know. We might we can get him back in here later on, man. Something like that. But for real, man, thank you guys for the love and support, man. Dad, you want to say any last words? Thank you for the for the support and, and the listening audience. Yeah, man. Thanks for listening. Mike Curry signing out. Episode number 50. 50 is done and today is april 13th also known as mamba day kobe bryant dropped 60 points two years ago on this day peace out everybody man enjoy your weekend